All right, so we are at the final episode for this season's I on the Fix My Life. I think we had a pretty good run. We kind of stuck within the same um, themes this year. And so this last episode, which really was not um, as big as you would expect a season finale to be, was, you know, right in in line with everything else that we've pretty much been talking about this season. So we find ourselves with um, singer Monifa. And if you guys aren't familiar with her, she was a R&B singer. I guess we're going to categorize her as an R&B singer from the 90s. Um, she was... She was kind of like backed by Heavy D. You remember Heavy D and the boys back in the day? Um, He found her or he put her on and she had a couple of hits and then she became a drug addict and nobody had seen her for a while. Then she resurfaced um, a couple of years ago on a show called R&B Divas where it was just a bunch of um, R&B singers who we haven't seen in the forefront of music for a while. So that's a little background on Monifa and why, um, probably why she ended up on the show. So this show though really was not about Monifa or Monifa getting, um, healing or clarity. It was more about Monifa's daughter, Akimi, um, because Akimi and Monifa do not have a really good relationship. Now, I have... Um, been a fan of Monifa's uh, singing for years um, and also a fan of her um, growth so this was not new to me a lot of what I heard was was familiar to me I didn't there were some things that I hadn't heard or ways that they were explained but they still made sense to me so let's go on and get on into this here Ayala first met with Monifa and she asked her a question and the question was, are you a mother or are you a woman who gave birth to a child? Sometimes we need to take a moment and, and reflect on, on that. We need to think about that. Like, are we really parenting um, the children that live in our house, child children that live in our house, or are we living in the house with children or sometimes we're not even living in the house sometimes our children are living other places and then realizing that we're a person who gave birth to someone but not or you know um help to conceive a child but not really raising any children so then we get into Monifa's I don't remember if Monifa answered that question so we get into Monifa's little a a little bit of her story and so she was um her father died at nine over a heroin overdose and um then she was raped when she was 17 but she never told anyone um she she had been living with her boyfriend and she and some of her friends went out they kind of she just kind of was one of those kids who was like I just want to be out in the streets and everything and so she moved in with the boyfriend then in living with the boyfriend she went out with some friends um one of the friends 
had a guy. I'm I'm assuming had a guy who also had a friend. You know how I used to do. I don't know if anybody does it now, but like back in the day, your girlfriend would be like, "Hey, come with me, cause my boyfriend. You know, I'm dating this guy, but I don't want to go by myself." And then he bring one of his friends, and then y'all all double dating, whatever. It it kind of seemed like it was that type of thing, and then they went back to. Um, somebody's house and going back to somebody's house you know they used to show it in the movies where everybody's like kissing and all of that stuff making out on and then somewhere in there the guy raped Monifa but Monifa says she never said anything about it pretty much because she probably just felt like well you know I came and you know I probably was saying a couple of things and this is just what happens and that's the unfortunate truth for a lot of people is that we just don't say um, we don't say the things that have happened to us because we put it on ourselves to make ourselves feel like it was our fault. And so there's no need to tell anybody what we did. Well, then at the age of 19, Monifa found herself pregnant with her boyfriend. Um, and they were pregnant with Akimi, her daughter. Monifa admits that she did not want to have a baby. Um, but then she went to the abortion clinic to have an abortion. And when she got to the abortion clinic, she kind of felt like, okay, Lord, if you don't want me to have an abortion, give me a sign. And then the, the urine sample that she had fell on the ground and she felt like that was a sign from the Lord to tell her not to have the abortion. Um... I don't know if it was a sign or not. I wasn't there. I don't know what she felt. Um, and I have no opinion on whether or not she should have gotten an abortion. Uh, this That's not what I do here. And so we're not going to go into that. But we're not going to go into whether or not I agree or not. But I will say this. It seemed as though she didn't really want the abortion. She may have been, you know, afraid of the procedure she may have been afraid of how she would feel afterwards whatever it was maybe the lord for her the lord did tell her not to do it however it worked she did not get the abortion but she still did not want to have a baby so when she had a kimmy she told her mom that she didn't feel any connection to her. She was like, I just don't feel anything for her. I don't feel anything. And that's because the whole time she was pregnant, she pretty much probably um, closed her heart off to being a mother to this little girl because, or whatever it may have been. I don't know if she knew she was having a girl, but she closed her heart off to being a mother because of her mind she didn't want no baby. There were things that she wanted to do and the things that she wanted to do didn't include having a baby. And so she just closed her mind off to that. Akimi also says that she's uh, not Akimi. I'm sorry. Monifa also said that she started drinking because at 17, I, I'm pretty sure that a person who's raped at 17 and is living out in the streets pretty much would start could you could understand how they could start drinking at 17 it's a lot of stuff that you have to um that you feel like you need to cover up in your spirit now ayonla then meets with akimi and akimi was saying that she never received any warmth or nurturing from her mother which would make sense since we already established that Monifa said that she did not, you know, um, feel any connection to the little girl. 
And then she was talking about how she moved in with her mom when she was 10. Um, and Ayala made a point to say, it's interesting that you said moved in with your mom, not went home. And Akimi said, it didn't feel like a home to me. Now, at 10 years old, that would have put Monifa at 29. And if this is a person who had been drinking since 17, this is a woman who has been drinking for... 10 12 years of her life most of it not even really being an adult with a with a developed brain already and it's already been affected by a lot of alcohol and Monifa had already been out in the um music world you know doing all those things she had started to do drugs as well and so by the time I, I am assuming that by the time Akimi got to living with her mother Monifa was already pretty established artist and probably on the downside of her music career as far as we know as um like you know out in the forefront like you know like the videos and the albums coming out and all of those type of things so she probably was also in her feels about you know her career not being where she wanted to be and all of those type of things so she was taking some stuff out on Akimi and so Akimi said that Monifa always made her feel stupid because she was saying like if she did anything that Monifa didn't understand why or how or the reason why she was doing it the way she was doing it then Monifa would call her stupid and then she said that there were times when she would also call her retarded. And so Akimi said that her mother was scary to her. And I know that sometimes we think that our children should be afraid of us. But there's a difference between um, being afraid of someone and respecting someone. And I, and I feel that a lot of parents believe that putting all of this fear in their children means that their children respect them, but they really don't. They're afraid of you. And because they're afraid of you, they won't, there are a lot of things, yes, that they won't do, but they don't respect you and they don't feel that you love them. And so if you're listening to this and you have a bunch of children or one child who you have been so prideful that they're afraid of you, you might want to have a conversation with them because this whole thing about making your children afraid of you they are but they will always be that way and you won't have the connection you think you may have later on in life because they're not going to tell you much about them because they're afraid of you and that's what happened with the Kimmy she did, just didn't feel like any of it was you know her mom liked her she said at one point I felt like I was a pest in her house and that's not a good place to put your children you know like we're supposed to love and nurture and care for them. And when we make them feel like they're not welcomed or they're not wanted and that they need to be afraid of us and we constantly, you know, berate them with words and or actions that make them um, cower into spaces in our home, it is um, unfortunate because you're going to have very little um, connection with these people as adults. So Monifa, uh, I'm sorry, Ayala asked Akimi if anybody ever talked to her about sex. And Akimi said no. Then Akimi got into the thing that she was pregnant at 16. Now, that's pretty much about the time her mama, you know, started doing some stuff with some men and staying out in the streets with people. And Akimi did the same thing. So she says that she's pregnant at 16. And when, when she told 
her mother that she was pregnant she told her mother she didn't want to have a baby and then she was able to actually go get the abortion but after they left the clinic there was no conversation about her being pregnant or about how she felt about having to have had an abortion or nothing about that and those aren't things that you just kind of sweep under the rug because if you talk to any of your co-workers or anybody who goes to your church or wherever you meet people you will understand that those type of things do have an effect on people and, and there's so many people who will be like yeah my mom never said nothing to me about x y or z because people do want you know conversations with their parents about feelings and life and understanding so Ayana let her know that you weren't raised. She let Akimi know you weren't raised. You were in the house with your mother. And then there was this thing where every time Akimi would speak about things that were negative to her, she kind of like whispered them. And so Ayana was telling her like, your mom stole your voice because you don't feel like you could speak up about anything that was done to you or you know how you feel about things. And she said, well, yeah, because she frightens me. So I never say anything about anything. So we have that. And so Ayana was explaining that Monifa taught to Kimmy that her feelings and emotions don't matter. And so um, I have been bold here that... Ayana told Akimi this, and then I'm now telling you this, and um, that you do have the permission to be completely pissed about some things that happened to you. You have the permission to be able to feel that without being like, I'm cool, I'm good, I'm great. No, you're not. If, if there are things, if there are events that have happened in your life and or um, marks that have been missed, then you're, you have the permission to feel upset about them. Now, again, you don't have the permission to do whatever you wish with how you feel, but you do have the permission to own those feelings and to, um, address them and then to figure out what you need to do to move past them. Okay. Um, so then Monifa and Akimi meet together and Akimi tells her that she felt small and disrespected and stupid. But she said that about Ayana because when Ayana was talking to Akimi on the one-on-one, um, Akimi had wrote some things in a book. You know, they have to do, if you don't know this, um, before people meet with Ayana, there, Ayana, there is a team of people that they meet with before her. There are some, um, I think some some therapists and things and there's like a whole, you know, production team and whatnot of things that happen before they sit down in front of her on that camera. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they don't meet with her beforehand, but I will say that I know that there is some work that has to be done before they sit in front of that camera. And so um, one of the things was that they had some questions that they needed to answer. I, uh, Akimi and Monifa. So when Akimi sat with Ayanla, she had her homework that she was supposed to bring to Ayanla, and it was inside of a journal. And I, after Ayanla read it, she kind of she tossed it back into Akimi's lap. And Akimi then was letting Ayanla know that I felt disrespected and small and um, 
stupid when you threw the book back at me. And I honestly say it's very interesting that of, of all the things that you could have spoke out about right now in this in this space about what makes you feel small and what makes you feel disrespected. The toss of a journal is where you start which means that you really don't know how to address how you really feel because your mother is sitting right here in your face and you did not tell her anything about the 20-something year, the, the, the 15, 12 years of disrespecting and feeling small that she made you feel. I have to help you find your voice to speak to this woman, but you definitely have a voice to tell me what I've done and you barely know me. Now... It speaks a lot because there are a lot of people who will attack the world because of the pain that they feel based off of things that have happened inside their house. And that is one of those things where it's like people will do this thing like I'm allowed to say how I feel. I'm allowed to do what you are, but you're talking to the wrong people. And a lot of times we will excuse and let the people who we feel like love us get away with the way that they treat us and then as soon as people who don't owe us as much respect love or loyalty will then attack those people as if they do that ain't cool bro because there's some cashiers out there that y'all taking some words out on that don't belong to them and I'm saying that in this sense that I know that there are a lot of people who think that it is okay. And I'm just going on a tangent here, but let me just let me just take it for a quick second. You think it's okay to tell a, a cashier who may have been rude to you that it is not okay for her to be rude to you because she picked that job. But that is not what is really happening. She is not saying she hates her job. She may or he may have been having a bad day and you act like because she a cashier, she ain't allowed to have a bad day. Because you've decided that because she picked uh, what you would believe is a bad job, that now she must be the best at it every single day. And you may have come in on her bad day. You may have come in on her bad week because you don't know what happened before she stood here to bring your groceries and or toiletries and or uh, home goods. You don't deserve to put her down to go. You picked this raggedy job. So now you deserve. Now I deserve for you to be nice to me. It's great if somebody is nice to you, but if somebody isn't nice to you, they aren't nice to you just because they decided that when you put your specific items up, they're going to give you some hell. Be respectful. Be mindful that somebody may be having a bad day. And they may not receive from you that, oh, honey, I hope that your day gets better than it has been thus far, but maybe it would work. Then they say, you picked this raggedy job. Don't be talking to me like that. They don't. Come on now. And that's just me on a tangent. I'm sorry. Let's let's keep going. That's just one to grow on, I guess. Um, so, Monifa, I mean, Akimi starts to say that her mom caught her stupid and that her grandma would do the same thing. So, even before Monifa got to it, I mean, before Kimmy got to Monifa's house, Monifa's mom, who was raising Akimi while she was out with her career, was also calling Akimi stupid and retarded. And so Monifa just carried that on. Then while this is happening, Monifa is in there crying because she's saying her mom did the same thing to her. And she now understands how bad she felt when her mom was doing it. And so then she, you know, 
I think it 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 helped her to realize like you carried on some stuff with that little girl that you should not have done because you knew how it felt to you. But we do that a lot. We do things that our parents do. A lot of times we say like, I'm, I'm turning into my mom and then we laugh about it. But some of us may not, (laughs) we may not should be turning into our mama. We should, we may need to be more mindful about what we're doing and how we're doing it so that we don't become our mom. Um, so then Monif, uh, Ayana did this this exercise where did she had um, a stack of um, fake money and it was she was calling them dollar do- daughter dollars. Who say that daughter dollars? Um, and then you get dollar dollars for um, how much of an investment your mom made into your life. So Ayana was saying like, did your mom sing to you? Monifa said, oh, yes, my mom sang to me all the time. And you could tell on her face that it, you know, it brought back good memories. So Ayana gave her some money. Here, here go a couple dollars for you. She asked Akimi, did your mom sing to you? And Akimi said, no, never. Now, this is a woman who is out and she's singing for the masses, but she never sang to her baby. So she didn't get any. Um... Ayana said, did your mom read you bedtime stories? And not only did Monifa say, yes, she did. Monifa could name the specific two stories that her mom read continuously to her when she was a little kid with laughter and fond memories. And when she asked Akimi the same thing, Akimi was like, no, I never, I never got any bedtime stories. And then, um... Ayana said, well, you know, did your mom praise you for, you know, being who you are? Did she give you encouragement and praise for, you know, things that she felt you had done well or, you know, any of that? Monifa was like, oh, definitely. My mom gave me praise and encouragement. And then the Kimmy said, well, my mom did praise me one time when I was in um, a play and she really, you know, enjoyed the play. She came and she supported me and all of that. So then the Kimmy got money for that. At the end, there were more, of course, more questions that we didn't get to see but at the end of the exercise um Monifa had like $51,000 and Akimi had like $1,500 and so Monifa was trying to say uh, Ayana was trying to say to Monifa look at all of the investment that your mom made into your life which gave you the courage and the strength to go out and become you know uh, a star for even if it was a momentarily momentary star um, you were able to go out and like follow your dreams, whereas you put nothing into your daughter. You didn't even put half as much as what you received from your mother into your daughter. And that's why she's sitting here cowering and afraid of you. Um, and so Ayana was saying that now, and then this is what a lot of us do. Um, now Akimi is now trying to withdraw from an account that never had anything put into it so because so now again we know Akimi has children we we learned um earlier that she she um aborted one but she still has I think two other children two children now um what Ayala was trying to say is because there was no investment in this in this child this child doesn't have much to give to her children which means there's going to be a point where what she had is going to stop and then she's not going to have anything to give which will then lead to the same daggone abandonment um that she felt herself because she ain't gonna have nothing to give and you are understanding that you gave her nothing
Um, then Monifa starts to cry. And while she's crying, Ayana, um, Akemi is also crying. So Ayana didn't have to tell Monifa, give your daughter a some uh, tissue because you're not even noticing that she's crying because you're so built up in tears. So then Ayala then says that, you know, there's so much trauma that keeps them from accessing the truth in their hearts. Because when we are so hurt, we build up this wall inside of ourselves and tell ourselves that we're okay. And so we just keep lying about we're okay, we're okay, we're okay. And building up a wall of trauma and then telling ourselves that we're okay. That it's hard to speak about what our heart really feels. And then we start to get upset because we know people don't understand us and they don't hear us. And we can't and they don't get us and they can't get us because there's this wall here. And for some reason we think that the wall is invisible and that only we know it's there. But everybody else that we know bumps up against the daggone wall and, and we're not giving our heart for real to people. So Ayala then tells Monifa, do you know that your daughter is scared of you? Because she is scared of you. And then Akim, then she has Akimi admit it, like admit to your mother. And so she does. She admits to her mother that she's afraid of her. Um, and then Ayala tells her to stop, tells I she tells Akimi to leave the room. And then she tells Monifa, you have got to stop the crying because you are here to help her, which means now you got to hold the weight of what she's giving you. And you can't hold the weight if you keep dropping it to pick, to pick up a tissue for tears. And uh, remember when we did, we, we, we saw that in one of the other episodes where, um, I, I believe that one of the big ones was, um, Cynthia Bailey and Mallory her sister Mallory where they were saying like your children won't when she was saying like your children feel like you're not strong enough then they won't bring things to you that happened also in the episode with the mother and the children where the brother raped the sister and everybody else in the house was raped at some point by other people and nobody spoke about how they felt and the mom was just crying and bawling and she was telling her like you can't, your kids won't give you things if they think you can't hold them um and so Ayala then again is telling Monifa like you you have to you have to be able to hold this. You got to pull yourself together. There will be a time when you can cry, but it's not in front of her. Because you have to tell her that this is a place where what she needs to give you can be held or she's going to hold it herself and it's not fair for her to hold it because it ain't hers to have. It's actually yours. You can't cry in front of your children so that your children don't tell you the things that they need to tell you. And then because it's your stuff, but you can't hold it if you crying about it and the kids will keep carrying their, your mess for their entire lives because they can't give it back to you and you have to be strong enough to do it and then you go into a room by yourself or talk to one of your friends and then you cry you put it down there and then you try to figure out what you need to do to leave it wherever you are but if you crying you leaving it back with your kids 
If you're crying, if you're yelling, if you're stomping around, if you're denying, you are leaving your mess that you have already put on them. You're leaving it with them and it's not fair. And I know life ain't fair, but we as parents have the job to try to be at least fair enough in the house so that when they go outside there they know how to um feel loved and then they don't go into places where they even though they're not loved they just go ahead on and accept it <sighs> okay let's keep moving on so um Ayana then tells her, you know, she's not going to tell you what she really feels because she doesn't want to hurt you because she does care about you. And so Monifa says, I said, you're right. I'm going to get it. I'm going to get it and put it and I'm going to hold and I'm going to be good for her. And so um, Ayana said this, your daughter will abandon and dishonor herself to honor you. And that is the truth. A lot of us will abandon and dishonor the truth about what we need to honor um, our parents, to just try not to make them feel like we, you know, we want to hurt their feelings or say bad things about them. And that that's unfortunate because, um, again, it's their mess. It's the parents' mess. It's not the child's mess. But they won't put it back on them because they know that, if, if they believe that you're you're not strong enough to handle it, they'll hold it because they've already always had it. And so because for them, most of it is we've always had it anyway. I don't think she or he can handle it. So I won't give it to them because in their mind, they believe that if you could have handled it yourself, you would not have given it to me in the first place. But then Iola says, truth remains true even when we don't speak it. And um, that, for me, it wasn't like one of those ahas or nothing. It was just like, I like the way it was worded. But it's still true. You might not say it, but it's still true. And, you know, a lot of people in abusive situations tend to feel like it's not true if we don't talk about it. But it is. And, um, that's unfortunate. So Ayana's daughter told, um, not Ayana's daughter, Monifa's daughter told her, you left me feeling lonely, even when you were around and you, you all, again, you may not have parents who have done these things to you, but there are some of you who may identify with the fact that there are people in your lives that even though they are around you, you still feel very lonely in their presence. Um, she's told her, you made me feel like a pest and you broke my heart. And we have a lot of broken hearted people who don't feel that the space is safe to say that their heart is broken, which is unfortunate as well. Then, um, Ayala let Monifa know that your her daughter was extremely sensitive to the criticism from Monifa because Monifa didn't invest in her. And that was 
you know, that's one of those things I think that a lot of us, we find, we like, we find with our children is like, we're trying to tell our children things, like, especially when they're like teenagers and young adults, we're trying to tell them things that we see that we believe that they are doing quote unquote wrong. And then our children's kind of just like buck up against us, like, nah, dog, um, you didn't invest in me. And so because you didn't invest in me, I don't think that you're the person who can tell me. It's like you didn't give me the tools to do this. Now, all of a sudden, you want to talk about how you see I'm doing something wrong. Okay, well, I probably wouldn't have done any of this wrong had you given me, you know, the tools to handle these situations a different way. So I think that you don't get to criticize me on the fact that I'm not doing them a certain way. You probably should just keep your mouth shut because this is in somewhere where you, this is in the area where you are allowed to speak. And, um, you know, and uh, we've also done it with our own parents. Like our parents will tell us to do something. You like, yo, bro, like, come on now, for real. You going to be the one to tell me about this. You never even told me nothing about this. So all of a sudden you want to talk to me about it. Like, please now. Um, and so, you know, that's what, and then, you know, because Akimi feels, um, you know, afraid of her mother when her mother starts to criticize her. It also brings up the feelings of of being scared and being a pest and being, you know, um, lonely. And then, you know, she then will probably just shut down. And then she also can't even hear anything that Monifa may need to say. Then Monifa has to admit to her daughter that she wasn't ready for a child. Now, when Monifa first started to say it, she said, I wasn't ready for you. And then I only had to let her know you can't be person specific about this because you weren't It wasn't that you weren't ready for a Kimmy. You weren't ready for any child. It doesn't matter what child would have showed up, a boy, a different type of girl, a taller girl, a, a thinner girl, a fatter girl, a shorter girl, a smarter girl, a dumber girl. Like it doesn't matter who I would she would have given birth to I um Monifa was not ready for a child and so then she admitted that because I wasn't ready for a child and mostly was because I didn't have anything to give and so that is then how we get turned back around and and see that's why nothing was invested in Akimi because Monifa didn't have nothing to give her or at least she didn't believe she did. And if she, even if she didn't believe she did, she just didn't. And so she didn't give her anything. And um, this brought me to a connection to, um, I went on a retreat this weekend. And the organization in which the, um, the retreat that I was on has new leadership, fairly new leadership. It's not like yesterday new, but fairly new leadership. And when that leadership came aboard, existing people uh, people who already were existing workers in this organization were like "Uh uh-uh and I ain't with it and I don't like it I ain't doing it and new people who are newer to the organization organization now were like wow you really didn't like this new leader and the existing members were like no it wasn't that we didn't like the new leader it didn't matter what leader it was we weren't going to like them because of the way they showed up. And that helped leadership know it's not personal. It's not that people didn't like me. People didn't like the how, not the who. And so um, it didn't allow for much safer conversation and a more realer conversation on this retreat. And it was really awesome um, time and experience. And I wish that you guys... 
find yourself in the same kind of spaces. But let's go back to the um, show. It it meant that uh, Kimmy did not need to take personally that her mom wasn't ready for her. Her mom wasn't ready for any child, so she wasn't going to give any child anything better than what Akimi got. It wasn't a personal thing. Um, then Monifa spoke very true from her heart, saying that I put everything that I thought was wrong with me onto you. And so, you know, all of that, you're, you're, you're dumb. Like, or what, like, what are you, you're dumb, which Monifa admits she heard from her mom. So now she's like, oh, well, you're doing things in a way that must be dumb. Cause since I don't understand them, instead of me not being, you know, intelligent enough to get why you're doing the things you're doing the way that you are doing them it must be you who is dumb to do them in a way in which I wouldn't understand them and that you know a lot of times our parents are giving us they are definitely putting on us the things that they see in themselves they then start to put on to us and then we wear them even though we know they don't fit a lot of times, we still will wear them for years and years and years and speak that into our own heads repetitively, even when we're not in the presence of our parents anymore. Um, so there was this then resolution that it was time to give Akimi's adult being domination over her life because Akimi, especially when she was in the presence of her mother, still would turn into the child who was afraid of her mother and still looking for some kind of validations that she can't get anymore as a child. But hearing Monifa then say, um, that she was going to that she realized that she was being unrealistic and, and overbearing with the expectations of the relationship. She still then understood that now I will move within your time frame, but I will address you more as the mother to the woman you are now, not to the missed moments that I, you know, now understand that I created because what Monifa was doing is now that I'm sober and I'm clean and I ain't really out there, you know, on the stage as much as I used to be and all those things, let me mother you now. But Monifa's coming in trying to mother her like she's still that 10, 11, 12 year old and Akimi ain't 10, 11, 12. She's like 30, I believe. So, you know, you can't hit me at a 30 year old like I'm still a little kid, except that Akimi was still looking at her mother for little kid um, validation. And so they both had to give Akimi's adult um, being domination over their relationship instead of either one of them looking from or um, addressing a little kid. Now, the truth is we didn't came to the end of this uh, episode and series. So I hope you guys have learned some things. I hope there were some ahas in there for you. I hope there was some bam. I got that. Okay. I see it. That's me. That's a person that I'm in relationship with. This is something I need to change or alter, you know, all those things. I hope that you guys have 
you know, learn some lessons here. Go back to some of the older episodes and re-listen to some of them because there may be some things that you missed before that you want to now you know, revisit. Also, again, you know me, I'm here every week telling everybody to share this, these episodes, you know, you just got to go up to the top, I believe. And there's like a little share button or there's like three dots and you can hit them and that will share. And then you can share these on your social media sites to let people know that I am here while we learn and by ourselves, we might as well learn for it with every, have everybody else learn with us. Correct. So, you know, make sure you share it. If you are not subscribed, Come on now. Why? Why? I'm here all the time. Subscribe. It helps me. It don't hinder you. And hit them five stars, especially if you're on iTunes. I would so appreciate it if you would hit the five star rating and also write a review. It don't take that long. I know you got time between um, but right now. You got time like right now. Go ahead on. While I'm talking, you can go ahead on down to the bottom, hit the thing, type of review. You got it. It'll still play. I'm still talking to you. Thank you so much in advance because I'm about to read it, okay? Um, don't forget, guys, I am here out there in social media all the time. I'm giving you encouraging thoughts for the day over on Instagram, Instagram.com. Um, backslash just saying j-u-s-s-a-y-i-n just saying podcast um, those things will also carry over to facebook which is pretty much the same thing and i am on twitter at ijs podcast um, you can find me there too we can have conversations about anything that you have heard here um, hashtag IJS podcast. If you want me to find you out there, I will definitely do that. Um, like the, the word of the day, share those as well, because you want to encourage everybody and invite everybody into the community we are creating here. I appreciate you guys so much. I will be back next Monday where we will then start to talk about, um, red table talks. If you guys aren't familiar with that, that's over on Facebook. Um, you can watch that at the little TV icon that I believe is at the bottom of your screen if you're on a cell phone um, and, or any mobile devices. And then I believe it's at the top of the screen if you're on the web to find those episodes if you want to watch them beforehand before I get <laughs> up on here and tell you my perspective on how I see them anyway guys thank you again for um following with us and um rolling through another episode of Aliana Fix My Life and joining the Just Saying podcast family don't forget guys you don't have to take anything I say as fact after all I'm just saying <laughs>